This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome uh, to the late afternoon, early evening edition of the War Room. I appreciate everybody coming back Tuesday, 21 November, the year of our Lord, 2023. I want to start in northern Israel as we uh, left you guys last night. Uh, the audience last night up with uh, Real America's Voice own combat correspondent Tara Dahl. Worked with Tara for many, uh, I guess, decades now, not just in the Trump White House, but at Breitbart back in the old days when Tara would be our uh, our reporter in all the hot spots in the Middle East. And, of course, Major uh, Shali Haloum from the IDF. Major, I want to, Major Shali, I want to start with you. Uh, as uh, Tara's probably informed you, we are not big fans here in the war room of any type of ceasefire. It's our uh, belief that Israel and the Israelis are at the tip of the spear of really Islamic, uh, Islamicist Sharia supremacist movement throughout the world. And you guys are the tip of the spear. And I know there's a lot of confusion, but you said yesterday you were being held back in hitting back at these Sharia or these Shiite uh, Persian militias, Persian backed militias. What's this day play today when it looks like the U.S. is really they say they're they're coordinating it. But it really looks to me and to our audience like they're forcing this ceasefire, which we believe the Muslim Brotherhood franchisee Hamas will be able to reorganize down in what's left of them in, in northern Gaza and in Gaza City and also in the south. Your thoughts, sir. OK, Steve. Uh, well, uh as uh, we discussed yesterday, it is a very, very dramatic moment now. We have the Israeli government and cabinet uh, meeting uh, going on today in order to decide uh, about the release or about the deal of releasing the hostages, which would include also the ceasefire against a terrorist Islamic ISIS group of Hamas, and that means that uh, we would be actually uh, stopping uh, any actions uh, on the field, on the ground. And uh, I'm not sure this will happen in the north. It might happen maybe in Gaza for a few days. But this is actually taking advantage of our weakness of having civilian lives. That shows how brutal those enemies are how satanic they are actually on actually using citizens as human shield in order to reorganize. But I, I must admit, Israel has no choice here. We have hostages. We have a lot of pressures from the families of the hostages here on the ground in Israel. They have been demonstrating daily. And uh, as you know, we are a people of light. We are a people who appreciate life, 
and we want to make sure that our hostages are actually back in our hands. And it doesn't mean that we are stopping the battle, uh, but it means we will stay like a few days without any combats on the ground, without eliminating Hamas, actually, as our goals were at the beginning. It will stop for four or five days until we finalize this deal, and then we will continue, actually, on our goal. Major, as bad as the individual situations are with the hostages, and obviously all of those are heart-rendering, in 1948 or 1967 or 1973, with the Israel of that day understanding what they were up against in the Arab world, would they have negotiated for hostages to allow the, the enemy to basically regroup and rearm, sir? No, no, Steve, I agree with you. But uh, back then, we didn't have media and we didn't have all this uh, uh, power that the Arab media is using against Israel and destroying its name and it's destroying the people of Israel. Uh, worldwide, we see demonstrations against Israel and against our people. And uh, this is a different scenario from 1948 on, uh, on a way that now we are more exposed to uh, media and the media back then was not there. And the media is a vital issue here on, uh, on pressing and pushing Israel toward this deal too, because the media in Israel are joining forces with, as well, the families. And I'm, as a father, I can tell you, as a father, as a, of a son, I don't want to see any of these children being harmed. If there's a way to return them back, we will do anything to bring them back home and then continue. Actually, I offered, at the beginning, I had a different, actually, view of what is happening today. I would actually negotiate a deal, release those hostages first and attack Hezbollah here in the north, very hard, very powerful way. And meanwhile, negotiate a deal, release those prisoner terrorists that we have, and many of them in our prisons, and exchange them for our hostages. And once the hostages in our hands, then we can continue to Gaza without any fear of hostages in their hands. Tara, the major just, I think, shocked the American people by saying the media in or a lot of the media in Israel itself with the families have, have kind of taken the, the side of this and, and put pressure just even more than the U.S. government. What's your assessment? Yeah, what I've heard, Steve, on the ground is that the U.S. government to appear in the north with Hezbollah, just like the major said, that he would have if it was if he would have been able to decide, he would have taken out Hezbollah first because that is the head of the snake, and that is what you hear all the time: is that Hezbollah, Iran, is the head of the snake. Right now, they're dealing with the immediate threat of Gaza and Hamas and Gaza, but ultimately, they have to be able to eliminate the threat of Hezbollah. And what I've been hearing is that the Biden administration is putting pressure on Israel right now. They have a senior official here that came yesterday. 
to meet with the Israeli officials to be able to de-escalate the conflict in the north. And of course, you want to de-escalate, but you can't de-escalate when Hezbollah is constantly launching attacks on uh, Israelis. Right now, 60,000 civilians in the northern Israel are evacuated. They're not in their homes, and they have refused to return to their homes until the threat has been eliminated because they said after October 7th, everything changed for them because it's no longer about their lives, it's about their children's lives. They just cannot understand how you can, what happened with Hamas and how they, they murdered babies has dramatically changed people. I talk to people every day and that's what they said. They will never be the same. They will never look at the situation the same and they will not come back to their homes until Hezbollah stops launching rockets. And uh, Steve, we have a thought that I want to just play here of what Hezbollah was doing at a training camp in May, in 2023 at a training camp when they were when they were training for an operation just like Hamas did on October 7th. So if we have that thought, Steve, maybe we could play it. Yeah, Denver, go ahead and play it. I want to play this. We'll come back. Hezbollah has nearly 5,000 trained and experienced fighters to carry out genocide in northern Israel. Seen here is Hezbollah's operational map describing how they plan to conquer and erase the communities of northern Israel, Radwan unit's main mission is to infiltrate into Israel and take over the Galilee. A mass infiltration by land, air, and sea. On May 21st, 2023, Hezbollah organized a mock drill orchestrating a massive ground attack on northern Israel. Hundreds of Hezbollah terrorists took part in what they described as a military maneuver. Radwan force undergoes sniper training, anti-tank weapons training, hand-to-hand combat, explosive training, and operational driving with dirt bikes and ATVs. On January 1st, 2023, Hezbollah released a propaganda video depicting the infiltration of Israeli territory by blowing up the border wall. Radwan terrorists then enter into the breach and proceed to shoot at Stars of David, the symbol of Jewish people globally. Tara, that's unbelievable. Let, I just want to ask the major for a second. How, with that as the reality, I mean, this is what kind of boggles the mind. I understand, you know, um, the heart-rendering situation of the hostages. But when you start negotiating, they're just going to look at more more hostages are going to be better for them. This is not going to take the problem away. It's going to exacerbate it. If you look in the north, this is what I think the case has to be made by the Israeli government to the American officials that – the, the threat to the north is 10x what the Muslim Brotherhood threat is in Gaza. And that's where the real hammer is going to come is from the north. Am, am I wrong in that, Major? No, you're correct. Uh, that's uh, the situation in the north is 10 times actually greater uh, than uh, Gaza and Hamas uh, threat. We are here facing uh, Iran itself in our border. I mean, we think we are like neighboring with Lebanon and with Syria, but we are not actually. We are neighboring with Iran. We, from Israel to Iran, we have about 2,000, let's say 1,000 mile distance, okay? But Iran is not 1,000 miles away from us. Iran already sitting in our borders in Syria, in Lebanon, with a strong proxy that they build up in those borders. So they built this corridor from Iran crossing by Iraq 
Syria to Lebanon providing its proxies in the region with ammunition, with missiles, precision-guided missiles, with uh, rockets, with uh, mortars, UAVs like the ones we saw them in, uh, in, uh, in Russia, supplying them to Russia to attack uh, Ukraine. That's what we have also facing in the northern fronts. Besides that, uh, Shia at, uh, proxies of Iran and militias coming from even Pakistan and Afghanistan, Shia Muslims who are joining them in this front. So we are not facing now Iran thousand miles away from us. We are facing Iran right in our borders. And why is that? Because we withdrew from South Lebanon back then, leaving a vacuum. And this vacuum was filled by Iran and Hezbollah in South Lebanon. We have so, some maps, Steve, if you want to pull those up as well, that shows that axis of evil and the Iranian proxies. Yeah, let's go ahead and pull that the, the first map. Walk us through that, uh, Tara. Yeah, so you can see, uh, Stephen, here in this map, all the axis of evil, who are there? You can see, first of all, in Syria, this is the graduation of a Syrian academy, military academy in Aleppo. You can see here the Russian officer. You can see the Syrian representative. You can see the Chinese, you can see the South Korean, you can see the Houthis in Yemen, you can see Hezbollah and Palestinian PIJ and Hamas representatives. All this axis of evil in one picture in the Syrian military graduation academy. And then we can pull up the joint operations map as well that shows all the yeah. Iranian proxies that you have Iraq, Syria, Iran, Gaza Strip, Judea and Samaria, the West Bank, Yemen, and Lebanon. This is what we call, uh, Stephen, the unification of fronts, that Iran is actually yeah. leading and engineering and planning and uh, providing all of them with weapons, ammunition, guidance, financial uh, support. Everything is led by Iran. And Iranian IRJC force is the head of that, of that. And if we want to get rid of this uh, Islamist Shiite proxy of evil, we need to get rid actually of Iran. That's the head of the snake. Hang over one second. We're going to take a short commercial break. Professor Dershowitz is going to join us. Uh, we're going to return to northern Israel to discuss this, the Persian side of the equation. Also, Richard Barris, Trump's up five in Michigan. We're going to get him in and break it all down. Also, a um, discussion of the Supreme Court, this pressure on the Supreme Court. All next in the world. I know this is hard to believe, but we're up against another government shutdown later this month. And our wise leaders deal with it how they always do, with more spending. While law makers are high-fiving, your savings account continues to lose value because more spending weakens the dollar. Now end the cycle. Diversify into gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. And listen, when you open a gold IRA for every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Let me repeat that. For every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Just text Bannon 
to 989898 to claim eligibility before Black Friday. Birch Gold can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a gold IRA for no money out of pocket. And you still get the free gold bar. Don't let your savings become a victim of the further devaluation of the dollar. Remember, the BRICS countries are focused 100% on de-dollarization. Text Bannon to 989898. Receive a free gold information kit and claim your eligibility before Black Friday to receive free gold bars on your qualified purchase. Do it today. Action, action, action. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back. I want to bring in Professor Dershowitz. Professor Dershowitz, you know, I, I, you know, I was, uh, I'm a cracker that just comes from Virginia. I was just a dumb Mick uh, that went out into the world. I was always told, you know, you hear all the time uh, in various circles the Jews control the world. Then I saw the Iran deal under the Obama administration. And uh, the people that were supporting the Jewish community in Israel lost. <laughs> Basically, we gave uh, the Persians the uh, atomic bomb and then continued to finance them. Now, I'm always told that the Jews control the media, but I see that Israel is losing the global information war. What, what's going on here? It's, well, it's kind of shocking to me. And it's also shocking. I got to tell you, I'm, maybe I'm more hardcore in this. I just don't, since I, as a young naval officer 44 years ago, as basically an ensign or JG, I was on a destroyer heading to the North Arabian Sea in the Persian Gulf from the Pacific uh, about the Iranian hostage crisis. I just don't agree. As, as tragic as the stories are, and the stories are tragic about these hostages, I just don't agree that you negotiate with the Muslim Brotherhood, sir. I agree with you. First of all, Hamas controls the media. Let me explain why. Hamas has this policy, and it's worked brilliantly. Kill as many Israelis and Jews as possible. Make sure that when Israel tries to get at your rockets, you have babies in front of the rockets so that no matter how hard Israel tries, it will kill some babies. Then you bring your babies out. You hold them in front of the CNN cameras. In fact, Hamas calls it the CNN strategy. I call it the dead baby strategy. And uh, then the world uh, blames uh, Israel. So Israel will always lose the media war. That's why in, in I've written a book about this called War Against the Jews. I, I actually could have named it War Against America, War Against the West, War Against the Judeo-Christian Society. Uh, in the book, I explain that the only way to break this cycle, the only way to avoid wash, rinse, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat, which is what Hamas does, is for the media not to, not to simply show these dead babies without explaining that every single, every single dead baby is the complete fault and responsibility of Hamas. Perfect example. I rob a bank. I hold you as a hostage. I start shooting behind you and a policeman to try to save the lives of the bank people shoots at me trying to kill me, but kills you instead. In every society, including under Sharia law, the person who's guilty of the murder is not the policeman whose bullet entered the heart of the victim, but the person who's holding the hostage. And the media simply refuses to report that. So no, Jews don't control the media. We don't control universities. We have a hard time controlling other Jews. The Jewish community is split. We have people from the hard, hard, hard neo-communist socialist left who happen to be Jews, uh, the Jewish uh, uh, Jewish Voice for Peace, for example, or others that are uh, turning viciously, viciously 
against Israel. And by the way, I agree with you on the hostages. I have written a book 25 years ago in which I argue that no democracy should ever, ever negotiate with a hostage or return one person. That will mean hostages die, but it'll mean there'll be fewer and fewer and fewer hostages if the world says to hostage takers, no, you're taking these hostages for nothing because nobody is going to give you one person back, one dime or anything. If you take hostages, we will go after you. If it requires killing the hostages, hey, people die in order to save more lives. Soldiers die. Many Israeli soldiers have already died more than the hostages. And you have to stand firm against people who use hostages as bargaining chips. Do not negotiate with terrorists, even if that means death. Lead to hostages. It's not a policy but, that any but, follow, but it's we, the right. We just heard from we just heard we just heard from Tara, our correspondent, and from the IDF major that uh, this is not just CNN. It's it's um, indigenous Israeli media has has been on the side of of cutting this deal in 1948, 1967, or 1973 in the era of the Jewish Spartans. Um, would would that have happened? Would 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 Israel have negotiated any ceasefire whatsoever to free hostages? No, I don't think so. And remember, many of people were sympathetic when Hamas captured one soldier, one soldier, and they exchanged him for fifteen hundred murderers. And many of the murderers they exchanged him for killed the people in the south of Israel. Was that a good deal? Uh, no, but. In a democracy that has heart, like Israel does, it can't resist the claims of family members. And that's what bold leaders have to do. Winston Churchill did that uh, when it uh, refused, when he refused, according to stories at least, not to notify the people of Coventry that they would be bombed if that meant giving up the fact that Great Britain had broken the Enigma Code. You need courage. You need to stand hard and you need to fight against terrorists by by not negotiating with them, by not giving in to them, by regarding them as unequivocally criminals and ridding the world of them. You know, people say, oh, you can't end a philosophy. You can only end people. No, we ended the philosophy of Nazism. We ended the ideology of Nazism by defeating the Nazis unequivocally, unconditionally, total war. If civilians died in the process, that was a price that had to be paid. German civilians, many of them supported Hitler and supported the war against England and the West, and many of them died. That's what happens. And Israel has to stand strong, destroy Hamas, bomb the Iranian nuclear reactor, and then make a deal with the Saudis. That's the only way to come out of this thing with something like a victory. Otherwise, Hamas will just do it again and again and again. And I demonstrate this unequivocally in my book, War Against the Jews. I show the pattern. I show how it happened back in starting with, in the middle of the 2005s and how it will continue to happen unless we break this cycle. Israel is the canary in the mine. If Hamas defeats Israel, it's coming to a theater near you. There will be terrorism as there was in the 19. 70s. And these young kids, the Hitler youth that are now marching for Hamas, they're not wearing swastikas, they're wearing green headbands, but they are Hitler youth. These Hitler youth will join the terrorists and will start blowing up American institutions the way they did in the 1970s. So we have to support okay. Israel in the Middle East. But, but, or <clears throat>
Is there is there a yeah? But is there a civil war within the Jewish community? Because you look at, I understand the U.S. is putting pressure on. I know what the Biden regime is doing, but the Biden regime is full of got a lot of Jewish executives there, a lot of Jewish people in the senior administration. Plus, inside of Israel, inside of Israel, this is a fifty fifty deal. Plus, you call them Hitler Youth. Most of those groups have been supported by liberal Jewish people and progressive Jewish people with their donations. So is this, I mean, how can the United States and how can MAGA be an ally when it appears the Jewish community is at war with each other right now over this very topic, its own, the survival of Israel, and quite frankly, the survival of the Jewish community worldwide? Well, I agree with you. I would say 95% of the Jewish community, as reflected by the large demonstration that occurred in Washington, 95% of the Jewish community is on the side of Israel. You get that 5%. Old communists, old leftists, old socialists, anti-American, anti-Western values, anti-Judeo-Christian tradition. Uh, they call themselves Jews. The Jewish Voice for Peace, for example, many of the members are not even Jewish, but they use the word Jewish as a beard and as a cover. So the Jewish community is very united around this issue. Look, they're divided politically. They're divided about abortion. They're divided about gay rights. They're divided about climate control. They're divided about the Supreme Court. You don't expect a community which is as diverse as the Jewish community to be united in all the issues. But on the issue of Israel, they're fairly united. You're right that too many Jews have contributed too much money to too many universities that have supported the divestment, uh, have supported diversity, inclusion, and equity, uh, which have been sources of anti-Semitism. And that has to stop, and that is stopping. And I'm leading a campaign to get Jewish contributors to stop contributing to universities and institutions that don't support Israel, many of them are against Israel. The International Red Cross was an anti-Jewish organization during the Second World War and is worse now. Do not support the International Red Cross. Do not support Amnesty International. Do not support the American Civil Liberties Union. Do not support Harvard. Do not support- uh, Hold it, hold it, hold it. Whoa, 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 American, American, American Civil Liberties Union? I mean, this is, correct me if I'm wrong, is that, is, so how did this all of a sudden – this is what I don't understand. How did this all of a sudden happen? How did all these institutions per, basically supported by leading voices in the liberal and progressive Jewish community all of a sudden surprise turn on them and MAGA, who's been demonized by that same group of donors as uh, you know white supremacists, Christian nationalists, were the ones that have Israel's back? How did that just happen out of nowhere? Well, it's amazing. I mean, you're absolutely right. The evangelical Christian community has been more universally supportive of Israel than at least some progressive Jews have been. But again, it's a minority. It's a minority. And 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 the true ideology of most in the Jewish community have come out as a result of October 7th, and even more importantly, October 8th. What happened on October 8th, of course, is organizations like the National Lawyers Guild, thousands of lawyers, some of whom are Jewish, um, defended Hamas, saying what they did was perfectly good military action. Some people have quit National Lawyers Guild as a result of that. And I think we're seeing a process. We're seeing a change. We're seeing a lot of Jews also moving away from knee-jerk support for Democratic candidates because of the squad, because of the extreme leftism of some people. Some are staying within the Democratic Party to try to influence the Democratic Party to marginalize 
but you can't generalize about the Jewish community. It consists of, you know, the old notion, three Jews, two Jews, three opinions. Yeah. In Israel, it's, you know, several <laughs> more newspapers. There are more newspapers that oppose each other. So it's a very diverse and very contentious community. But on Israel, we are mostly, most. Okay. Hang on one second. We're taking a short commercial break. We have Tara Dahl. We have Major Shali. We have Professor Dershowitz. Uh, Barris Gunn joins us in Poland. Short commercial break. We're back in Poland. Okay, Environ Cleanse never does this. They just announced a massive Black Friday discount. Now, let me tell you why this is important. EnviroCleanse is predicting another triple-demic this year, and the best way to fight a cold or flu is not to get it. That's why I got EnviroCleanse for the war room, the new science in home air purification. The reason is that they are uh, approved by the Pentagon. They're approved by the Department of Defense for Navy combatants. When I was a young ensign and an auxiliary engineer, the uh, air purification came under my auspices, and I can tell you that this is the product that you want because it qualifies to be used on a Navy combatant. EnviroCleanse, the military-grade technology, wipes out bacteria, toxins, and mold that can make you sick. That's why the Navy chose it, to protect the air on board our Navy ships. Get EnviroCleanse for your home. It's available now for your home with that technology. And do it before a virus takes your whole family down. Right now, you can save 35% during their Black Friday sale. Plus, get fast, free shipping. Visit ekpure.com. That's ek. For EnviroCleanse, ekpure.com, and use promo code STEVE35 for 35% off. That's ekpure.com, code STEVE35 for the 35% discount. They've never done this before, so take advantage of it. ekpure.com, action, action, action. War Room, here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Professor Dershowitz, thanks for sticking with us. I understand you get a bounce, but I got one more question. Did, because um, you didn't hear a lot about it in the run-up, and even some of the stuff that was going back and forth, is one of the things that we've been adamant in my, I don't know, working this problem for, since I made the the, the Reagan film uh, in 2004, which was really not about Reagan's struggle with communism over 50 years, but it was really about, Islamic supremacism as the end of the film said because it showed you how you had to take on a radical ideology over many decades in order to destroy it. Did people in Israel, did officials, did even public intellectuals, maybe even yourself, underplay the Sharia supremacism of this? I mean, this is Hamas. This is the Muslim Brotherhood in the south, and it's the Persian Shiite supremacist. In the north, that's what's got Israel in an iron grip. And when they represent the Judeo-Christian West, this is not some political thing you can negotiate. This is why, to me, all this discussion about with Qatar, who is the nest of vipers, about what happens in Gaza afterwards is absolutely insanity. It, it, it doesn't face what the absolute fact is. You're facing Sharia supremacists 
that sole goal is to drive the Israelis into the sea and then to destroy the Jewish people, sir. I agree with you. Yesterday, I debated Mark Lamont Hill, uh, a man who was fired from CNN for his anti-Israel statements, but became a professor at City College. And he called for the end of Israel, the establishment of a secular binational state, admitting that Hamas would be then voted in to head this so-called secular bipartisan state. It's nonsense. They would immediately impose a Sharia state. They would regard Jews as dimi, that is, second-class citizens. They would either kill them, deport them, or try to convert them. This is a war for the soul of the Judeo-Christian Western uh, tradition. And I agree with you. I think if Hamas wins, their goal is to impose Sharia law. The most amazing thing is that these organizations called like Gays for Hamas, Feminists for Hamas. My son, a very brilliant young man, wanted to have a birthright program where you send gays for Hamas to Gaza and feminists to Gaza. He said it would be very cheap because all you have to do is provide a one-way ticket. They would be murdered. They wouldn't be allowed to come back. How do you get leftist, hard-left organizations supporting a Sharia-organized group that would destroy them, kill every gay person, kill every transgender person, kill every feminist, kill every progressive. The hatred of the Jews is so deep that they hate the Jews more than they like themselves. That's how absurd these leftist supporters of Hamas and Sharia law are, and, and we have to fight them at every turn, Jews, Christians, Muslims who are against uh, the imposition of Sharia law, secularists, religious people, everybody who loves America, cares about liberty, cares about uh, an independent country, has to fight this Sharia Islamic, uh, Islamicist, I have nothing against Islamic people, Islamicist attempt to impose Islamic Sharia law on everything that Western democracy now stands for. It would would, you, but, g- g- given, you, given you've written the book, but you spent your entire adult career defending this, do you feel that it's pretty grim right now, that the situation in Israel is pretty grim? You know, they say in Israel that a pessimist is someone who says, oh, vey, things are so bad they can't get worse. And an optimist says, they can't. I think things could get much worse. And I think it's coming to a theater near you. I think if Hamas is not resoundly defeated, if Hezbollah is not defeated, if Iran is not defeated by the destruction of their nuclear armaments, we're going to see this spread to America. We're going to see this spread to American schools. It's already spreading to the next generation of leaders in America. Who are the university students and faculty who are calling for the end of Israel, for the end of Western democracy? And so this is a fight we have to all fight together. I dropped everything on October 7th to write my book, War Against the Jews. I thought at that point it was so important to expose the dangers that America faces. I just wish I had had the foresight to change the title to War Against the West or War Against America or War Against... Studio Christian Society. It is war against the Jews. <laughs> and if they get us, they're coming after you. Professor Dershowitz, uh, thank you very much. We'll make sure everybody in the audience gets access to the book. Thank you for joining us. Uh, your podcast, social media, all of it, because you're churning out content 24 hours a day right now. Thank you. Uh, wh- where do people go? Where do they get your podcast? Where do they get all that? 
Oh, yeah. Uh, you get the book on Amazon.com. It's uh, now available for immediate uh, delivery in uh, early September. My podcast is called The Der Show. It's on 530 on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And I will actually be having a discussion much like the one we just had about some of these issues as well. And, um, you know, you can read me online. I write a column virtually almost every day. And uh, I, I, I am trying so hard. If I were 24 years old, I'd be going to Israel now and fighting for the IDF. I'm 85. So all I can do is fight with my pen and my voice. Professor Dershowitz, thank you. Honored to have you on here, sir. My honor to be on. Thank you. Uh, Major Shali, uh in the campaign to the north, none of which none of which Professor Dershowitz or you have argued for looks like it's going to happen. I mean, it just looks like the uh, Biden administration, uh, who, as I mentioned, has a number of Jewish individuals in senior uh, senior positions, including Treasury, State Department on the National Security Council, is going to back. Uh, the Israelis play against the Persians. So how grim does it look? Where do we go from here? Well, I I don't uh, understand how they can prevent Israel from acting in this front. We are already threatened. Our life are here, ruined. We have no life for more than one month. People are evacuated. We are at risk of being annihilated by same ISIS Shia axis from the north, I don't think that Israel leaders will allow this to happen. And sometimes we should, as a friends with the American administration, tell them, hey, we respect your thoughts, we respect your ideas, but we have our own interest too. It's our social, it's our it's, uh, internal security issues. And we need to deal and eliminate this threat, even if you don't accept our thoughts, exactly like we did back in the 70s and 80s when we eliminated Arafat terror organization Fatah group in South Lebanon when they created Fatahland, persecuted, slaughtered Christian people in South Lebanon, killed them, massacred in churches, massacred them in Damour in 1976, massacred them in El Ka'a and Aishiyi and in all the southern Lebanese lands. So we didn't listen at the end to the Americans. We did what Israel interests are, and that's exactly the same thing we should do here. If American will keep preventing us from doing so, we should act by ourselves. We are not going to have another October 7th here in the north. Things are changed here in Israel. People even who were left today become center and right-wing people. They have no hope of having peace with this Islamic Brotherhood movement that, unfortunately, many citizens of the Arab world and of the Palestinian Authority and of Gazans' support. So the only way to fight Satan is to kill this Satan and eliminate it. And that's the head of the Satan is sitting 
all the way in Tehran, in Iran, and Americans should get involved as soon as possible before it reach their lands as well. And it's better sooner than later. Uh, Tara, the 10 or 15 years we've worked together, I mean, you've been there uh, reporting on the eradication of the Christians in the Middle East. Um, how did America forget this lesson? How did we forget exactly what this is all about in the Middle East? This is about Sharia supremacism. This is not about the Muslim faith. This is not about Muslims. This is about Sharia supremacism. And you've seen it on so many battlefields that you've reported on. How did how did Israel forget that? And how did America forget it? Well, I think we have to remember that this is the agenda of reestablishing the Ottoman Empire. It really goes back see, to World War One with the collapse of the Ottoman Empire. And now you're seeing that reestablishment and it's coming from Erdogan in Turkey, it's coming from Qatar, and it is coming from Iran. And that is the ultimate goal. It is global jihad. That is what they're fighting. And Israel is on the tip of the spear fighting global jihad. As you mentioned, Steve, I've been all over throughout the Middle East covering the war on uh, global jihad. I was with the Peshmerga with the war on ISIS. And everybody was behind the Peshmerga at that time, right? Now it's just a total opposite. It's like Israel cannot even defend themselves, let alone eradicate and eliminate the threat that, that, that they want that the global jihadists, it's not just Hamas, it's not Hezbollah. So I say global jihad because it's coming from all fronts to completely eradicate Israel. And I uh, see one point I want to just make with Professor Dershowitz. I completely agree with him and I completely agree with you on this hostages. And I think one point that I've been trying to make is that why is not the international community, why is not America holding Qatar accountable and saying, no, Qatar, we will sanction you unless you d release 240 hostages? Hamas leaders are in Qatar. Qatar gives $360 million to Hamas every single year. That is more than Iran gives to Hamas. Uh, Iran only gives $100 million to Hamas. So I don't understand why the, the United States and other countries are not saying holding Qatar accountable and saying, no, you will release these hostages. You will take care of the Hamas leadership. And yet Qatar is the one negotiating. It's absolutely insane, like you said. No, and if Qatar has anything to do with taking over Gaza after C they remove Qatar, Hamas, it's Qatar, insane. Qatar, Qatar, they're, talk they're talking about to Qatar is the nest of vipers that fought Trump when we first went over there about signing the ability that they would not be able to finance terrorism. It was Qatar that pushed back and wouldn't do it. We got to bounce, Tara. Tara, what's your social media reporting has been amazing. Where do people go? Tara underscore doll on Instagram. Thank you, Steve. Major uh, Shali Haloum, where do people go to follow you, sir? www.aramaic-center.com. This is our uh, website. You can find all the information about us and how to connect with us as well. We want to come back and have our actual full briefing. We get the maps and all that, and we get to go through it. Uh, but a busy night tonight. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you staying up to join us, really. Thank you. Thank you, Thank Steve. You, Steve. Thank you. I know it sounds harsh, but you're either at war or you're not at war. I understand it sounds harsh, and, of course, the global media will be, will be totally against it, but this is only going to cause more problems. It's only going to cause more problems. And... It's going to cause more people, problems for the people in Gaza. 
Just wait for it. Okay, we're going to take a short commercial break. I want to thank uh, Birchgold, birchgold.com slash warroom uh, or slash Bannon. Make sure you go and fully understand, fully understand the end of the dollar empire. So much of the financial problems in this country are going to come from the de-dollarization of the world against the United States. Check it out. And also ask Philip Patrick and the team, why are the BRICS nations buying gold at record rates? And we, the Federal Reserve, are Check it out. Back in the morning. Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day. I wouldn't want to live without it. This is nutrition the way nature intended. I get way more energy. My skin looks better. It helps with my digestion. I just feel better and healthier overall. That's how I knew Field of Greens was working for me. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. And with flu season here, I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy, not some vaccine. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. I got you 15% off your first order and free rush shipping. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code Bannon. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Do it today. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. You know, Public Square just got their name. They went public. It was Public SQ. They just got Public Square. Go to publicsquare.com. If this show, this hour has done anything, stop giving your money to the companies in the world that make the processing services that hate you and your core values. It's part of the Judeo-Christian West. Stop. And you can stop. Go to publicsquare.com right now. You see all these companies, now in the tens of thousands, provide products and services, and they support you. They support the Patriot Movement, so go check it out today. Richard Barris, you did an amazing job on Pennsylvania. You've had this theory of age and race. You're, yeah. you're sitting there going, hey, this election is going to be decided in the heart of this country. That's the old Rust Belt, uh, which have got many, many, many vibrant communities and states up there. It's not really a Rust Belt anymore. Walk yeah. us through what your findings show about the state of Michigan, sir. Michigan tells the same story, Steve, only this one, I got to be honest, I was a little bit surprised. I'm not surprised he had a lead, but he's got a, a, a stronger lead than I thought of uh, President Trump over Biden. And the reason is uh, it, it, back to what we've been talking about, age and race, age and race. And much like Pennsylvania, the rural vote is there. But what is this age and race thing doing? It's, you know, we hear a lot in the media about the suburban vote, Steve, but the truth is the MAGA coalition of the future in we're seeing it play out right now is a little bit more urban and rural. So it's a rural and urban coalition because more non-whites are coming over to President Trump. He's starting to slice into these real big blue strongholds in Wayne County, for instance, uh, President Biden's support is completely bottomed out. But President Trump is already at his 2020 levels. He's already a little bit he could, he's already starting to exceed them in some of these blue blue areas. If a Republican wants to win Michigan, he's got they he she has got to win Macomb County uh, and Monroe County by nearly enough that they wipe out the net that Oakland County gives to the Democrat. The rest of the state 
you use with the rural areas to uh, overcome Wayne and some of the other bluer areas uh, that are in the pockets here and there. And then hopefully if they have the equation right, they eke it out. Well, Steve, Oakland's been turning on Republicans for a long time. President Trump lost it for fi by 15 points. He's barely down there. He's down five points in the Oakland area. Oakland Macomb together is uh, essentially tied, which was a, a, a plus. That's an area Biden was able to improve over Hillary. So if you look at the Macomb and Monroe combination, it's a 20 point gap. So when Trump won it by 12, 14, people were static. He's winning it by more now. And just so everyone understands, uh, that's the old home of the Reagan Democrat. Uh, Republicans have a very difficult time winning Macomb. Um, Republicans not named Donald Trump. And here we here we go again. So I was very curious to get back in this state and see whether or not, you know, was it just Tudor Dixon who lost it? Or is it just all these other Republicans who lost it? Yeah. Or is this a real problem? Let, it's not for Donald Trump, is, Steve. Let, 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 let me I got to bounce. We got to bounce. But I got to ask you a point blank question. Is this because of the crystallization of the lived experience of the citizens of these counties yeah. and locations, even urban under Joe yeah. Biden versus their lived experience? in the term of President Trump? Uh, yeah, that, that's that's a great question because I, I think at this point now, uh, the Oakland, for instance, you know, some of the more educated people, white whites especially, gave him a chance in Oakland County, gave Biden a chance. Uh, but now they have something to compare it to. Again, overwhelmingly, we just hear from people that Trump was a better president and their life was better under Donald Trump. And then with non-whites in some of these urban areas, it's a little bit more nuanced than that. These indictments have made him uh, somewhat relatable to them, you know, and he's become like a folk hero. Uh, so yeah, I mean, they overshot it here. Uh, again, Steve, just so people yeah. understand, even when we had you guys pulling this out in Michigan back in 16, our poll was a one point lead yeah. for President Trump. We have never, not yeah. five points, you know? I mean, this doesn't happen. Uh, where do people go to get this poll? And I wanna get make sure they get access to all the cross tabs, where do they go? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they go to locals, peoplespundit.locals.com, they'll get all the links that we share out there, or they can just go to Big Data Poll, check out the blog section where we release the polls, check the maps out, go through the interviews, click beneath the map, you'll see a big link that says cross tabs. Go look at these cross tabs. Go look at uh, Trump support with, with non-whites. It's incredible. A year out, Barris is going through all the uh, all the Rust Belt. Start in Pennsylvania, we got Michigan, we yep. release all of them. This is pretty powerful. And this is about the lived experience under Biden and the lived experience under Trump. It's no theoretical exercise. Richard Barris, yep. thank you for coming EB. on. Amazing polling, amazing analysis. Thanks. Brother. Thanks for having me. All the best. Very powerful. Thanks. OK, man. Um, Mike, do I have Mike Lindell? Mike Lindell, we're, we're, we, we, we're running up to Thanksgiving. People are raving about the note. You're not charging for shipping. Yeah, we only got a couple of minutes here. Give us an update. Well, I was trying to get my tinfoil hat redone here, but uh, the, uh, I'm cleared on that. <laughs> what great news, everybody, on our election platforms. We have proof of concept now with Argentina, but we're so happy, everybody, that you've been supporting. The War Room Posse is the number one supporter now of my pillow. You guys got us through, and we are so happy that we want to give thanks back to all of you. So we're giving free shipping on your entire order at war at the War Room Posse. Use the promo code WARROOM. I said, I think we have that website there. The uh, If you go 
there. All of our stuff is still on sale, everybody. Everything's on sale. The slippers, the MyPillow 2.0, the Giza Dream Sheets, the towels. All, you can get them all with promo code WARROOM. Free shipping on your entire order. And we're getting, you get a, the money-back guarantee, the 60-day guarantee. I'm going to run out to March 1st of 2024 so you can do all your Christmas shopping. All of it at MyPillow.com. And then you can call 800-873-1062. That's 800-873-1062. You guys keep my operators busy. Steve, this morning they all called in. People were talking to them. They had encourages them all. They're all so grateful to the War Room Posse. So we're giving back. Free shipping on your entire order. Get your Giza Dream Sheets, the beds. Get yourself a bed. We have the My Pillow beds. People don't talk about it. These are the best beds ever made, 100% made in the USA. My Pillow toppers, the bed toppers. Turn your current bed into the best bed ever. All these things, sleepwear. We have um, um, sleepwear, all kinds of sleepwear, all kinds of clothes you probably didn't know we had. Up to 80% off. Plus, remember, free shipping on your entire order with the promo code War Room. 800-873-1062. Call, talk to the operators. Let them know we got their back. Mike, thank you so much. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Yep. Thanks, Steve. Wow. This has been an intense one. Remember, it's a hard it's hard to say no negotiation for hostages. See what happened to Jimmy Carter. Just never works out in the long run. Just doesn't. They saw the strength of Reagan and turned over the hostages. They saw the strength of Reagan. Okay, back in a couple of minutes, Natalie Winters is gonna join us to take over the war room the next hour. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.